Welcome to the Happy Menopause podcast. I'm Jackie Lynch, nutritional therapist and author of the books Vavavoom, the 10-day energy diet and The Right Bite, smart food choices for eating on the go. There are so many ways that diet and lifestyle can help to relieve a whole range of menopause symptoms. So join me on a journey through midlife and find out how you can have a healthy and happy menopause. In today's episode, we examine the taboo behind the menopause. In the UK, 13 million women are going through a menopause which can last anything up to 15 years. And in the US, 6,000 women hit the menopause every single day. So it's not exactly a niche subject, yet it's not something we easily talk about either. So today I have a frank conversation with Joe McEwen about all matters menopausal and perimenopausal the vast range of different symptoms that can affect you and what you can do about them. But first, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Silk, who make it possible for me to produce this podcast. Vaginal dryness can be a real problem during the perimenopause and the menopause. It can cause itching and discomfort, painful sex, and make it difficult to insert a tampon or to use a topical estrogen dispenser. So I'd like to say a big thank you to Silk not just for supporting this podcast, but for offering a gentle and natural solution for women with vaginal dryness. Their plant-based formula is made in New Zealand with kiwi vine gum extract. It's a natural lubricant, which is water-based and pH-friendly, so that it gently soothes vaginal dryness and irritation, helping you rediscover your love life. It's available at all chemists and off the shelf in larger boot stores. Visit silk.co.uk to order your free sample. And now, on to today's episode. I'm delighted to be joined by Joe McEwen, one of the founders of the Positive Pause website, which is an incredibly helpful resource, full of information to help you navigate the menopause minefield. Feeling overwhelmed and frustrated by the lack of practical and user-friendly information available, the Positive Pause team set to work to create a site that would inform, reassure, and entertain women experiencing the perimenopause and the menopause. And I have to say they've done an amazing job. Fast forward three years and the website is flourishing, they're running brilliant events and have been on Women's Hour twice to help bust the taboo about discussing the menopause. Welcome to the Happy Menopause, Joe. Happy to have you here, Jackie. Well, I'm excited to be here. I've come along today to Positive Pause Towers to meet with Joe and to find out all about the exciting work she's been doing with her partner, Anne. Why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about your background and your story, Joe? Okay, it's probably easier if I go straight into how the genesis, I suppose, of Positive Pause, which I suppose happened around 10 to 12 years ago inadvertently when I was listening to Woman's Hour and it was a a piece on the menopause. And at the time I would have been 42, 43. And I can honestly say that's the absolute first moment I ever thought about menopause, thinking it's going to happen to me too soon. Now that is probably as far as I actually took it because I, I was busy with my life I was I wasn't even thinking about it but I I was like "Mm, ding that's going to happen 
But and I and I also remember thinking because it was all very negative. Whatever they were talking about, it was probably you know HRT. I'm guessing. I thought, well, by the time, I'm not going to worry because by the time I get to menopause, where, whenever that may be. The generation behind me were all over parenting and childbirth, revolutionising it. Um, and I'm sort of being slightly ironic about that. I thought the generation ahead of me would have sorted out menopause. I didn't have a clue what that was going to look like, but I was thinking it's going to be fine. It, it, I, okay. I clearly remember that. Fast forward to, say, five years ago, and I went to the GP about something very random and she said, oh, we'd often see you here while you're here because you get your 10 minutes, don't you? And I said, well, actually, funny you should mention that. I get a bit hot and my hair's a bit thin and I was warming to my theme now. And she's, my nails are a bit brittle, obviously nothing particularly major. And she said, um, she tapped on her computer, looked at me and said, well, you're perimenopausal. And I, I looked at her and I went, perimenopausal? You know, it's like, I kind of could work out what that means. And she said... I said, is there anything I should be doing? Because I like to know what I need to be doing. And she said, well, if you're reasonably healthy, you could maybe... I think we talked about St. John's work because I remember thinking, oh, you can take that, but isn't it bad for your liver? So she said, no, no, you could take that if you want. So off I go. It was a long story short. I went into Holland and Barrett. I went on... That was it. I got on the train, started Googling because I am very instant, instant... And I was going, where's this community? Where are all these people? It was really, there was lots of information, but it didn't, it didn't feel like it resonated at all. And I was sort of scouring for my community in this short journey. I get off the train. I went into Holland and Barrett. This is all in the space of about an hour. Spent £40 on menopause supplements. Didn't have a clue what I was buying. And about a month later, you know, I'd started talking to my women friends and it was as if I'd opened Pandora's box because nobody had spoken about it. And I said, oh, I've got a diagnosis. I'm perimenopausal. And they're all going, God, I didn't even know there was such a thing. But we then started talking about what we did know about it. And my friends are like me. They're really chatty. They're really sort of, they're nosy. They like to know things. And I was astonished that nobody knew anything or was prepared for it. So I started to say, I'm going to set up a, I'm going to set up a business. I'm going to set up a, there's, a, there's a website here that women of our age will they will want this information now I it is be careful who you say things to because I'm not entirely sure how serious I was about it but one of those people that I said it to was Anne and she said she'd been having her own experiences and when we spoke she said oh my goodness that's me and it joined the dots for her and we just thought well if we can do that for each other let's do it for other people and that is in a nutshell how we started and also back to those supplements I didn't actually after a month all a fool and her money are easily parted I didn't know what I'd bought I didn't ever felt any different and I thought there's got to be a better way and so okay. that was it okay so that was what brought you to it essentially yes. you popped into the doctors for something else and came out with the menopause yeah thank you for perimenopause thank you not a menopause <laughs> <laughs> and then what, why don't you explain to the listeners what Positive Pause actually is? Positive Pause is a website that we like to think of it as a portal of information where we take evidence-based information. We talk to experts such as yourself, gynecologists, psychologists, women's health physiotherapists, dentists, you name it. We talk to experts and we bring that information into 
um, into, into individual symptoms. And we, we have 30, people say there are 34 symptoms, there's 70 symptoms, there's, there's however many. We focus on 30 symptoms, we've bunched a couple together. And for each symptom, we take very practical advice on, we look at diet, lifestyle, supplements, alternative therapies, complementary therapies, and what, what the evidence is for HRT and that particular symptom. And we do it all within a very colourful, you've seen our website, it's all about colour, it's all about trying to make the photographs really nice. We like to link things that we've got on a great Spotify playlist, so for the, for the symptoms, we're sort of, it's more for Anne and I now, we kind of link them to, to, mood, to songs. So we would have, say, for mood swings, we've got Paul Weller's Ever-Changing Mood. So if you've got Spotify, as you're reading up on it, you might be able to just listen to that. It's supposed to make you smile as you inform yourself and by informing yourself with this evidence-based, and we're really strict about this, we don't want any cranky information. It's got to be something that can really help women take control of their menopause and be really proactive. And that's kind of positive pause. It is about having a positive menopause, but also pausing, thinking about what you're doing and going, oh, hang on a minute, I could maybe be doing X, Y or Z. So essentially what you've done is create the resource that you'd have loved to have had. Oh, that I couldn't have put it better myself. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> Great. Well, I mean, it is a brilliant resource, and I do. Thank one of you. the things I like about it is that it is so bright and breezy and colourful and fun, because I think it's you know the menopause can sometimes be a difficult time, mm. but there's lots of great things about it, and I think that one of the things that's brilliant about the positive pause site is that it's a bit of a celebration as well. Absolutely. It's having fun along the way, and I think that's really mm-hmm. important. We've both been working in the menopause space for some time now and we've become really comfortable discussing pretty much any aspect of it, I have to say. But that's still very unusual. Mm. And I think that, like it or not, the menopause um, is really something that's been a taboo for a long time. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's such a challenge for people to talk about it? I think... For our generation particularly, and I am, for the record, I am just at 55. So I think, back to what I was saying, I didn't know about, I didn't think about it until I heard it 10 years ago. It was just like this, what's in a box? It's not Pandora, but you know, the, the jack in the box or something. You just didn't mention it. So I think it's it's the fear of the unknown. It is it's embarrassing. It's very personal. We're British. We don't like talking about ourselves. A lot of the symptoms are intimate. They're also quite, none of the symptoms make you feel any better. And I think you, it happens at an age where you've got conflicting um, pressures, whether it's work, whether it's your relationship. So you don't want to be going, oh, and actually on top of that, I've got something that's making me feel a bit anxious and losing my confidence and and I don't possibly have any libido. It, it's the whole thing comes together. And, and, and also that ties in with, I think we're a generation now where we really prize usefulness and nobody wants to say you know menopause is a sign that you are you are aging so i think it it's a really i wouldn't say toxic that's too strong but it's a real cocktail of of um beliefs about why people don't want to talk about it and we, we ran a survey um, not that long ago and one of the things that came up was shame women were ashamed of being in menopause and you just think 
It's so that's so sad, isn't it? When you think of certain cultures, it's it's the older women exactly. the tribe who carry all the power and the influence, and yet somehow you, you go beyond a certain age and you start to feel yeah. invisible. Yeah, and I think that's a really terrible thing. Yeah, I mean, I think this is for another podcast, but it is the sort of it's this this social media, this societal, this 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 media, not just social media, that everybody looks absolutely fabulous and actually. Yeah. Sometimes you don't look or feel fabulous, but it's nobody wants to say that. No, no, mm. absolutely, absolutely. I think one of the things that, that took me massively by surprise um, in my 40s was that I didn't think anything happened then. Mm. I thought the menopause was all about sometime in your 50s and then your periods got lighter, further apart, stopped, and, and that's kind of it. And yeah. Maybe you had hot flushes. That was about the sum total of my knowledge. Um, my lovely experience was, was pretty much the opposite. The hot flushes have never been a thing for me, but my periods got closer together and way heavier, mm. and they were just doing all kinds of weird things. When you didn't want them to. <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. So I think that whole perimenopause thing is... is a message that we need to be really careful about um, spreading because I think a lot of people have heard of the menopause at least, even if they don't want to recognise it, but don't really know what the, me- the perimenopause is. Mm. So do you want to talk about the peri a little bit? I do indeed, because bearing in mind my own experience, I hadn't, I think now it's a little bit different. Peri, it is a word that is definitely out there a lot more. Perimenopause is the period pardon the pun, in the time leading up to menopause. Now, menopause is 12 months from the date of your last period. Perimenopause is the time before that. Now, the average age of menopause is 51. Perimenopause, for some women, can start in their early 40s. Late 30s. That's when all the... And, of course, you are confusing anxiety, that three o'clock dread. You've got the fatigue, you've got that sort of sense of your confidence is slightly going and you might be having some physical symptoms but you're not joining the dots because you're not aware that you are in perimenopause so gradually your estrogen tanks are emptying and you are heading towards menopause and I think this is something that's really important for women in their early 40s to be aware of because I can't I can't tell you how many women in their mid to late 40s when we've been at events have said, it's just not for me, or we've been marketing events, oh, I'm too young for that. And you go, oh, I know you think you're too young, but actually your body is doing what your body will do. And that is go through perimenopause. And do you know what I think also is actually quite reassuring in a way when you realise that's what it is. Because there are so many different symptoms. Obviously, hot flushes at least are something that are recognised by most women as a potential issue. But the big one, the one I think that's so massively underestimated, is the anxiety. Mm, Very much so. Mm -hmm. if you know why something's happening, it's so much easier to feel in control of it because then you realise it's a hormonally based mm-hmm. issue and it's not that you're suddenly losing your marbles, yep. which is what it can feel like yep. otherwise. So bearing all that in mind, what, what advice would you give, Joe, to women who are in their mid to late 40s? I think we've probably covered some of it there, which is forewarned is forearmed. So actually make yourself aware of, of, of your own, know, know your own body, know what is normal, know what the changes are. I think as women, we're really very poor at understanding what's going on with our bodies. So if you are kind of, your sleep's changing or you're, you are thinking, do you know what, I'm not feeling like myself. 
things like diaries to kind of keep a track of moods or whether there's a link with something that you've been doing. I mean, that's a very practical step, but um, you can make some tweaks to your lifestyle. We know that diet and lifestyle have a really big impact on menopause. So for some women, it's going to be making small tweaks and for some, it's going to be seismic shifts. So thinking about, do you exercise? because we talk about stress management, you know, we know that stress can make menopause symptoms worse, finding time for yourself. So identifying a bit of a life audit, really, and all of those stages or steps, I should say, will have a huge impact on your overall health and well-being. Nothing that you can do in managing menopause can harm your health obviously, unless we're going to get onto HRT, but I'm thinking about the, the lifestyle tips. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're all go- they're all for your, your good, really. No, absolutely. I mean, I'd absolutely pick up on that because I think that there's so much that nutrition can do to help support a healthy menopause. And if you're getting your diet right in your early to mid-40s, then you're laying down the building blocks yep. for a much less difficult menopause essentially um so really getting the basics right making sure that you're eating protein with every meal and snack now that's going to keep your blood sugar nice and balanced stop those sugar cravings uh help to regulate your weight but also because women in their um mid to late 40s and moving into menopause struggle to build muscle in the same way when they're younger so the protein can help with that and then eating you know, plenty of vegetables, steering clear of large doses of caffeine and alcohol, because all of those are going to really disrupt your hormones and make things worse. So just sort of going back to basics and getting the diet yeah. right can be incredibly important. Well, you'd know that more than, more than either of us. But I think, I think we, we, we develop bad habits and really now more than ever is the time to nip them in the bud so that you're going forward into the next stage of your life, whether you're perimenopausal, menopausal or postmenopausal, because of course, in your early to four, mid forties, you can be postmenopausal because yeah. more and more women are going into early menopause. I mean, there's just so many things about our reproductive system and cycles that as women we don't understand so I think that would be my greatest tip and also find out from your mum when did she have her menopause because there is evidence to say that you will have you're going to menopause at the similar age to your mum and you may have similar symptoms to your mum so think how did she cope with it and think yeah okay my mum may have been a little bit more anxious she may have been a bit more withdrawn she may have as people say, sailed through it. I do question whether anybody ultimately sails through it, but um, you know, I think that might be something that we could come on to later. Yes, I mean, it's probably a whole other podcast in that as well. I think so. <laughs> but uh, yes, I think also there's a generational thing though, isn't it? I think we are probably the first generation who are less prepared to just put up and yeah. shut up. We're doing it on social media, we're out there. And, we are, you know, a lot of the yeah. celebrities now are reaching a point where uh, they're not prepared to put up with it and they're talking about it. And while frankly, you know, a lot of the things they're saying are not necessarily what I'd advocate as a nutritional therapist. Nevertheless, they are yep. bringing it out there yep. and helping bust that taboo, which for which I thank them. I do, because I think there's a little bit of a backlash about, oh, you know, well, we name names. We've got Gwyneth Paltrow and her jade eggs, you know, absolute nonsense. But we've got um, people, I think... Um, Penelope Cruz is out in the Tatler this month and she's sort of getting quite cross about saying, you know, why do women not talk about their hormones? And she's talking about it across the ages. But she actually mentions menopause and you go, 
it's getting more and more normal. And I think it is normal. It happens to every woman and it happens to every woman that everyone knows. So the sooner we know about this, and of course, there's the lack of education. You know, we know about, we know a little bit about when periods start. I think, you know, there's a few lines on the curriculum. I don't think any, even now children aren't being taught about the end of the no. reproductive cycle. No. So menopause is a great big mystery to everybody and rarely is it seen as a blessing. And I think that needs to change. Mm-hmm. I will say one of the fabulous things about it, dear listeners, is when you're through and out the other side, you don't have to have all that kit in your bag. <laughs> For some years I had to have my periods always used to be really regular so I always knew exactly when to have something when not to and then suddenly in my 40s I had to be equipped at all moments because I never knew and oh boy am I thrilled to be through and out the other side of that absolutely I mean the other side of that is some women may need a kit of a different kind we sort of talk about that sort of first aid emergency kit where you might need a little bit of chewing gum or mouthwash because you get things really exciting things like dry mouth and halitosis yes and nobody ever tells you you might need a little spritzer or you might need a little fan practical things that are just going to make you feel a little bit better as you're going through some of these symptoms and there are some very interesting symptoms let me tell you (laughs) yes do take a look at the positive pause site because they're all listed out and there's some really practical tips on there um but sort of speaking to that given that you've now been working on the website for three years more or less yep more or less what what sort of top three things do you think that you've picked up as tips that you've applied to your own symptoms what have you learned that's been the most useful well um one of my absolutely the biggest eye-openers for me was we've been doing a lot of work with women's health physiotherapists and um the the importance of the pelvic floor. So, you know, how often have women gone, oh, 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 as they've left, oh, it's my pelvic floor. And I was like every other woman and I'd kind of think, oh, whoops. And we did, um, we did a blog, a vlog, I'm sorry, with a women's health physiotherapist about a year ago. And I, I, I was silent. I was absolutely, which isn't great when you're doing a vlog. I couldn't believe the information that she was sharing that how easy it is to manage your pelvic floor with the appropriate exercise and also to avoid a prolapse because dear listener one in well 50 percent of women will have a prolapse in menopause now that to me is shocking and that is something that can be prevented but you can't prevent something that you if you don't know is going to happen so i i am now absolutely zealous in mentioning pelvic floor exercises i've got my squeezy app which tells me when i need to do my pelvic floor apps i follow people like gussie grips on twitter and she's great because she'll sort of always send a little tweet out going 10 10 3 which is you know your cycles of how you need to do them so i i look after my pelvic floor i I've definitely done a bit of an audit on my diet. My diet wasn't bad, but I have made some tweaks and I do know that it's it's having a beneficial effect in other aspects of my life. And I'm actually now very aware of my overall health because I think we focus on some as women and as and as a sort of society we we all know about hot flushes, but I think what women don't know is about their risk to their health through menopause so I'm now much more mindful about 
my heart health so I keep an eye on my cholesterol because you the, the protective factors of estrogen disappear when you hit menopause and your, your lovely heart is suddenly quite vulnerable your risk of diabetes goes up your risk to bone health so everything I do and eat well not quite everything I do and eat okay that's a little bit over the top but <laughs> I, I am mindful of yeah. thinking about my overall health yeah, and I yeah. think um that is a really key message for women to to, to get great really useful thank you so um just to sort of wrap up what are the what are the challenges? What have been the big challenges of setting up positive pause? Oh, my goodness. How many minutes have we got? <laughs> um, well, obviously, we were, when I said I, I wasn't entirely sure that I was serious about this, I'd got absolutely no background in this. I was working with um, children and families. So for me, I, I used to do, um, do adult learning. So I was kind of aware. I was good on the, on the training element of it. But we had the creative side. We had the practical and the technology. The technological. And if Anne was here, she would just be able to give you chapter and verse about how much we have learnt on that. Particularly Anne, um, she's learnt how to edit. How to. We we ended up getting somebody to help us to make the website because we wanted it to have yeah. a particular feel to it. Um, the researching, checking off facts, making sure we don't get sued, <laughs> uh, the legal implications, protect, developing the brand, protecting the brand. I mean, we are cooks and bottle washers. We do absolutely everything. So I think the challenges are making sure that what you're putting out there is what people need to hear and want to hear and keeping, we've got a lot of plates in the air and sometimes they collide and that's okay. We just sweep up the china, mop up the tears and and take um take stock. That sounds really cliched, but I think sometimes you need to do that because you're really excited because it's a new business, but I'm very lucky because I've got Anne, so we bounce off each other and one day she's up and I'm down and sometimes it's the opposite and other days we're on a we've got a little happy equilibrium going. Great. And what's, what's the plan? What's the ambition for the future? What's, what's next? I think we want to continue to develop our... We, we run events. Um, we do small events. We've, we've started doing feel-good fairs because I, and that, I hope there's a title in the name there that it, it, everything we, we offer at that day is to help women to feel good. We are working with organisations. We are bringing this message of what happens in menopause, how women can... Um, manage their menopause because actually we want women to be it's very much about women managing it for themselves not other people managing it for them so we want to work with organizations so if anybody is listening and would like to talk to positive pause you'll find all our details um, in the show notes thank you very much um, and we want to continue to be seen as um, a trustworthy resource and that's really important to us so we can we're network continuing to network and to build up our links so then what we're just finding is phenomenal how many people are happy to share their knowledge and to help us to get the message out there so basically it's keep on growing really great well that all sounds very exciting and i will certainly be keeping an eye out for what's happening next Thanks so much for joining me today. It's been brilliant. And thank you for sitting on our lovely Positive Pause orange sofa. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jackie. So that concludes this episode of The Happy Menopause. I'm so impressed with the work that Joe and Anne are doing with their Positive Pause website. There's some amazing work there empowering women by making evidence-based advice available to them. So if you'd like to find out more about what they're doing, check out the show notes on the podcast page on my website 
well-well-well.co.uk because I've added links to their website and to some other useful resources about the menopause. If you've enjoyed this podcast, one of the best ways you can support it is by leaving a review on whichever platform you listen on. And please also encourage your family and friends to listen. Make sure you press subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next episode and find out how to have a truly happy menopause. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and bye for now.